Welcome to the Milt Talk Legacy Builders Podcast, a place where Milts can connect to one another to inspire, motivate, and collaborate to continue to build a strong and well-connected alumni association. I believe that Milton Hershey School rebranding is actually just getting started, and I want to be part of that journey. I think the best way to commemorate Milton and Catherine Hershey is to continue our own legacy that impacts the world as Milton Hershey so impacted us. I believe the level of extraordinary that each and every milk carries within them is deeply underestimated, and this podcast will help in the journey to show off what milts are really made of. I'm excited to get to know more milts, more insight to their upbringing, and what they're doing now to build their legacy and bring value to others, and what being a milt really means to them. Today I'm speaking with Victor Emerson Dugba, class of 2004. Victor is a brand development specialist who owns and operates Awoke Media, a content production multimedia company that has produced marketing campaigns and sales programming for State Farm, Scotty's Facial Tissues, Heineken, Lip Bar, and recently Anheuser-Busch, amongst others. Victor has an extensive background in the music industry and has directed over 87 music videos and has managed and advised a number of recording artists. In addition, Dugba has served as an adjunct professor. Wow, wow, and wow. Welcome to the Milk Talk Legacy Builders podcast, Victor. Thank you so much for being my guest. Yes, yes, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, they, that's a really great bio. I'm so excited to get into this. Um, <laughs> so the first thing I want to find out is how old were you when you got to MHS? I was eight years old. Oh, wow, so you I were was, so young too. Yes, I was eight. Wow, what is your age? My brother was my brother was six. I was eight. Oh, wow. Okay. What grade was that? Was that uh, like fourth or fifth? It was third. Third grade. Third grade. Third grade. Okay. It was August nineteen ninety four. Okay. Um, student home Perry, and that's when we had mixed student home boys and girls. Oh so my I'm, god. Okay. I'm that old. <laughs> yeah, you're only the second person I've talked to that that was in a student home like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, so how how was your experience when you first got in? Of course, it was culture shock at and at a young age. You know how 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 do you remember it? I just remember smelling chocolate in the air, and then in the morning you smelled poop. <laughs> That's my first memory. It was poop and chocolate. That's hilarious. Poop and chocolate everywhere. Um, <laughs> not like chocolate. It reminds you of poop. Did they correlate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but that that was the first um first memory i think that that and the uh the cow the yeah. milk machine that was one oh. cow like what is i mean what is that right you know? right so th that those was three things funny machine yeah this is like endless endless milk and juice <laughs> i almost bought one a couple years ago don't judge me <laughs> <laughs> honestly they're they're very economical they're actually really, and especially if you have a big family and you guys drink a lot yeah they're actually really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Definitely. Funny that it even kept it cold. Like we used to, we used to sneak like a refrigerator. We we used to sneak out and like get big amounts of juice. It, it was it was ridiculous. It was That's yeah. hilarious. I missed that thing. Yeah. So you end up doing sports? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I played early on I played all the sports early. I played soccer, baseball, but as I got older, became more about football, basketball, and a little bit of track, but mostly football, basketball. Okay. my main thing, especially football, yeah. Nice, nice. And then the, when you graduated, did you decide to go to college? I had no choice. I'm African. They, <laughs> I did after, I, <laughs> you know how to say after the power gets the after party? Yeah. Well, college was the after party. And 
Yeah, so I went to college, yes. Okay, um, where'd you go? I went, to, I went to Ryder University. Well, I started off at community college. I went to um, Middlesex County College. Uh-huh. Then I eventually uh, transferred to Ryder University. Okay. And then uh, I got my master's degree from the New York Institute of Technology. Nice. And, and the funny story is I used to be ashamed that I went to community college first, but the funny thing about it is I eventually, when I was like 26, 27, had an opportunity to teach there. Oh, how awesome. As a professor, and that started my teaching, my teaching push. So it was funny because I used to be embarrassed to even go there, but then I got my first opportunity there. So it's funny how life works like that. Right. Crazy. Right. right. The humbleness gets you, you know. Oh, yeah. That, definitely that does. Definitely does. An opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah, I saw that in your bio. So you were an adjunct professor. What did you teach? I taught African-American film and I taught business marketing. Um, so basically, I started off teaching even courses for, for adults. There were adult courses first. They'll try me out to see if I could actually teach. I didn't know if I could teach. I knew I could talk. Yeah. So I talked. And then I talked and talked and talked. And then next thing you know, I'm a professor. I'm like, well, I talked myself being a professor. So I went on teaching a couple more courses and I got real, real, really good at it. I actually liked it a lot. It actually felt very good to just have a conversation. You know, that's what teaching felt like, having a conversation and people being there actually listening because they're paying to be there. Right. So right. it was good to actually speak and be heard. So that was a great experience. Um, I actually took a break from it, actually working back to trying to do it now, but as the pandemic has shifted, yeah. yeah, trying to get back into that as well. So that's the next move again, back to that, but I really enjoy teaching. Nice, yeah. <laughs> you know what, I have um, an echo. I don't know what's going on. Is it still doing it? No, okay. Don't hear it. You don't hear it? Okay, I thought I... It was happening in the middle a couple of times. Okay. I want to make sure we don't we don't have a bad connection so then it doesn't uh, I don't miss what when you're talking, but it seems fine now. I'll edit okay. this stuff out too. Um okay. so flow. Uh, okay, cool. So wow, um, so you you were um, doing professor stuff. When did you decide um, I wanna I wanna kind of do uh, a business of my own, like awoke media? When did awoke media start? Ooh. Well, officially like 2015. Okay. So it was right around the time I was teaching and stuff, but it started 2015, but the, the idea, the concept and the work was done long before that. It was done at Mount Hershey. You know, it started from working with Mrs. Gert, like in like 2001 in the, in the video editing room with Sergio Orozco and Slam and Leshenoy, two of my buddies, you know, they're still out here doing active videography work and doing great production work. So it started from the milk, man, honestly, man. And then it went on to, you know, college, I started doing a lot of music videos just for money to keep my pocket, you know, and I, yeah. I got real good at it. I'm like, man, next thing you know, they're over 80, something of them, I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. They get, burnt, wow. get burnt out, you want a new challenge. And then I started reaching out to businesses and then people started reaching out to meet them, became, became the whole word of mouth thing. You know, the power of your network and word of mouth and people uh, doing great work and delivering a top-notch level service and taking pride in that. I think people see, see that and feel that. And they always come back, you know, when you do a great job and you have a great attitude, people tend to always come back. So a lot of my, my work is based on word of mouth, relationships, literally going out there and knocking it out. And the woke media came about because people kept asking, hey, man, just go out there and do it. And I'm like, man, really? Then started rolling, man. So it went from videography, photography to brand development, yeah. to brand yeah. consultant, to the point where, honestly, I, I don't really even hold the camera anymore. You know, I have a whole network of team up and down the East Coast that I work with and do contracts with. So 
it's definitely shifted from holding the camera in the hot sun. So it's definitely shifted. That is great. So, so you, your, your creativity started at, at a pretty young age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You always knew you wanted to get into some sort of like video photography uh, thing. Music was the first one. I, I, I wanted to be Puff Daddy. Okay. That's, that's the truth. I wanted to be Diddy. Um, I had a record label at like nine years old. I had like a few of my student home performing, had like contracts and stuff. So yeah. I really wanted to be in the music industry. But once you love music, you love everything around it. So I started loving music videos. So I'm like, man, it's cool, man. These videos, you see that video? And you know, at Miller Hershey, we didn't have, you know, BET and stuff at that time. And so we had to like make tapes and come back and watch them or go home and binge watch music videos and stuff. So I got intrigued by music videos. So I started really wanting to be a music video director. So that pivoted once again, into that, then everything else kind of connected. Wow, that's great. You did your um, your studies. What did you study in particular? Oh, communications. Um, I got a bachelor in arts communications and a master in arts uh, media management. Wow. Um, so, and the master's thing, I don't even know how that happened, man. Because I, I even look back, I'm like, how did I end up in grad school? I'm, like, I'm sitting in New York, I'm in this classroom, I'm like, yo, the kid who was in community college, like, <laughs> how do you end up here and i'm like man if you just focus and do stuff and you'd be surprised if you just literally just say you could do what you set out to do you'd be surprised if you end up and wow. that was a humbling but also a reminder to me man you can really do whatever you want if you really want it you know even in grad school i graduated top of my class yeah. and i was like man what was i doing in high school why did i have the same energy <laughs> yeah is that funny it's funny because once you find your passion and what you really yes. love, it doesn't even seem like work anymore. Yeah. Listen, my attitude was totally different. I, I was like, I can't fail. I sat in the front of the class. I was like locked in. Wow. And I see the difference because, you know, in college and stuff and high school, you have a lot of distractions. Yeah. But when, you, when you, I was in my, what, early, mid-20s, I didn't really, you know, I, I was just, it was just me. So yeah. I was able to get it done. But the lessons were learned, though, mostly outside the classroom for me, right. to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's true in in most people. There's yeah. so much that you can learn in school and in the school environment than when you really get out there and oh yeah, real world making it happen. Yeah, yes, sure. So what? Um, give me like two of your favorite music videos that people will know. Um, probably Notorious B.I.G. Mo Money Mo Problems. Okay, yeah, I love that. About that video. When they're flying in the air with the goggles and stuff, I thought that was a great video. Um, and Bust the Rhymes, Put Your Hands on My Occupancy. Um, for multiple reasons, because it's beautiful. And also, you know, the Coming to America references in it, and the dancing, and the, so those are my two videos. And once again, I'm dating myself, but. Yeah. You, you understand, though, you That's would. Okay. I would yeah. understand, yeah. <laughs> right there with you. But Buster Rhymes has always been, he's always made really phenomenal videos before, yes. like before they were, they're like the norm now. Yes. Cool abstract stuff is like the norm now. But back then I was like, damn, he's he's yeah. really abstract. He's really different. Um, him, him, him and Missy Elliott. Yeah. Missy as well. Both of them are like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yang right there. Yeah. Creative. Yeah, I like that. Because I like videos like that too that are, that are super creative and abstract. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what, um, give me a couple of videos that you directed. Shout, shout a couple of those out. Not, not on that level. That you familiar with. So, you could, you, so, yeah, even, you even if people. You can look up, um, I'm talking the most recent one. Uh, you can check out Co-Star Poor Emotion. Okay. That's a good one. Um, 
That's a good, a recent good one. I haven't, I haven't done a music videos in like six years. Yeah. yeah, it's been a minute. Um, let me get back with you on that. Yeah, yeah. Because some yeah. of them, I, I don't want to direct, and then you see some crazy stuff. Right. So we'll get back to that. <laughs> Especially from six years ago. Yeah, oh, man. Person six years ago. Yeah, man. So what got you? So once you um, graduated in your, with your grad school and you were doing the adjunct professor and you started Awoke Media, um, walk me through the process of doing like the marketing campaigns and sales programming for like State Farm and Scotties and those companies. How does that okay. work? Okay. Okay. Um, so State Farm, a lot of these roles started for me. I worked for a promotion and marketing company on the side. So I, they would have these events. I would set them up, talk to people, blah, blah. Yeah. Then I was like, man, how do I get on the other side? Because some of y'all marketing programming is whack. This is not even culturally appropriate. It would be like, this doesn't even make sense. So yeah. the more and more events I did, I started asking questions. Then they gave me opportunity. And the first one was State Farm. That's some balloon festival yeah. in the middle of like this random part of New Jersey. So I had to pack up this van, do all the stuff. But then I had, I enjoyed putting it together, putting together the programming for it. And that they were giving out like some some card something to get people to sign for State Farm auto insurance stuff, and I created a concept where like you know, you sign up for it, you get access to like I don't know it was like free music or some something like that, and it got it approved, and I got like three hundred people to sign that day. They were like, "Wow, that's the biggest! How did you do that?" I'm like, "Man, all I did was you know talk to them, engage with them, and offer them something. Right. Talk to them, engage them, offer something, and that's a value to them. You know, people want outcomes by offering anybody." anything and the first thing you need to do because especially in sales and marketing people want to know what they're getting they don't have time to do research like nerds like me do like you know they want to know what they're getting up front and i think when you leave with that and then the product i think that that's a beautiful marriage and i think those things work together very well so it started like that and then it gets spiraled and then it, i got offered more assignments you know i started doing stuff i started doing stuff with um being Suntory. um i was working with 50 cent um when he started effing vodka um, a couple of years back, and I was able to help them do programming, line up a lot of the dates and stuff. We would go and visit these stores in different locations. So that's how I got it. I, I did the actual grunt work of being out there and doing that. You start seeing the real market responses instead of just sitting behind a computer looking at Excel sheets all day. I saw from the ground and right. saw like, you know, let me let me make more money. Let me go teach too. So I, I was balancing both, and I and, and it was it was fun, but it was also I learned a lot. Yeah. You know? And how awesome that you were out there doing the heavy duty work and oh, yeah. right there with the audience, interacting with them, engaging, seeing what they want so yeah. that you can take that information and teach it to other people. Yeah, that's exactly. really good. Yeah. And talk about giving back, like you're doing all that legwork, but it's gaining you all this authentic knowledge, you know, in the field. And, 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 and it wasn't that. always the most like, you know, you're in conversation, people like, man, you know, I work for this company and i'm and i'm like yeah man you know last week at balloon fest i was getting people like what are you talking about yeah. <laughs> or last week i did a music video like yeah whatever man right. but is it was those times that reminded me you know you know everybody's journey is different you know everybody's path is different some people have easy some people get there in their early 20s some people get there in their 50s right you know and you just got to be careful and don't get don't get nosy eyed looking at somebody else's lane look at yours focus on your path in front of you yeah. you know i look at like the michael jackson uh beat it video mm -hmm. was it beat it no it was billy jean okay i look at path like billy jean 
you walk and the, and the path lights up. Yeah. That's how I look at life and that's how I look at paths. And I think if more people focus on what's in front of them instead of what's beside them, they would get exactly where they need to go. Yeah, that's so true. I think I, um, a while back, I saw a meme of that swimmer, um, that Olympic swimmer, I forget his name, but um, it was him and he was in a race with another guy and it took a perfect shot of like the other guy looking Yes. Where Phelps, that's the thing. He was like looking at where Phelps was at. And Phelps was like, like, you can't look at your opponent because that's what's going to slow you down. And the other day, my daughter and um, Chris were racing. And of course, he never lets her win. (laughs) (laughs) She's on her scooter and he's running. And at the very end, they were so close. And at the very end, she went to look to where he's at because she wanted to beat him. And it caused her to fall because she wasn't mm-hmm. where she was. And she starts crying and, um, you know, we pick her up and dust her off. And I told her, like, Tanina, never look at your opponent. You never look at what someone else is doing. Always look at the goal, where you're going. Yes. I could tell she got it because, like, the very next race they had, she didn't get <laughs> she didn't look at him. She was just like, look at all. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. And in life, that's how it is. You got to have – it's good to see, you know, your competition. What Definitely. You're always learning but never comparing, because like you said, you're on your own journey. Never, you know, and that was my thing, even when I played sports in high school, I hated looking at the newspaper, like the sport columns, like of the other teams. You know, I had other teammates who did it, but me, I'm like, I, other guys good, but I'm good too. And right. that, that, was my, that, was my, that was my mentality, but you know, it's good to study and, you know, look at stuff, but that was always been like, hey man, just focus on what you got in front of you. Exactly, yeah, just always keep trying to beat your last record. That's what yes. I try to do. Like, uh, it's hard, you know, especially when you're a competitive person, you have like that natural comparative, oh, I want to beat that person or whatever. But then I always try to go back and like, I just want to beat who I was yesterday. And yeah. That'll be. Listen, and, and, and that, that, that's, a, that's a real key point. I'm, I'm very competitive. And it's almost like you have to understand the levels of being competitive or being toxic to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, everybody has a different timeline. And I had to learn that so many times. Like, hey man, just because that person's doing that, that's what they're doing. And you start seeing a lot of people, even if they get it first, if they get it too young or too fast, they can't handle it. Exactly. And now we're seeing, you know, at the ages we're at, now we're seeing a lot of people, you know, start passing or going through different stuff because life just comes to you so fast. Sometimes you're not able to handle it. And I think I've been kind of blessed where it came to me kind of slower. So I was able to, take stuff in and really appreciate the moment a lot of struggle don't get it wrong it wasn't always pretty you know yeah but it 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 helped me able to take stuff and slowly understand the meaning and importance of it yeah and so 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 true yeah Um, i'm in finance so i do financial planning me and my husband so we we see that a lot we see either you know people coming into a lot of money very quickly and they're not really sure what to do with it so they're naturally angling to suspend it you know yeah. Um, and then of course we see people who who have learned that and now they're like have to dig themselves back out of the hole that they're digging themselves that they dug themselves into because yeah, your man. mind, yeah, your mind has to be able to handle the success that's coming. Yeah, you have 100%. to be able to level up to it. Lot lots of times, you know, that's why you see a lot of you know NFL people, NBA people, a lot of sports people, a lot of celebrities. Uh, rappers, anything. Yeah. Anyone, yeah, like you said, gets there too quickly and their mind hasn't really um, caught up. It's, it's yeah. hard to know what to do with all that that's coming in. Yeah, yeah. very hard. 
Yeah, it is a blessing to know that, you know, and God knows. I, I'm God knows. God knows what you need and how you need yes. it. Did it all that, listen, know? listen, he he knows, he knows that I had to start community college because I wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready for on campus living. I I, I would have followed that up and I would have you would see a different guy right now. So I had to move back home, humble myself, get to know my parents again. Cause you know, when you have Mary Hershey, you know your parents, but right. ain't like when you move back and you're right. there <laughs> and yeah. you're there, there and um, get to know them, you know, and get to know New Jersey more and get to meet all kinds of people. So those were, those were the building blocks to where I'm headed now, you know? So like yeah. you said, you know, those, those, those things I needed, like you said, God knows. Yeah, it's so true, yeah, cause I, I was one of those who, as soon as I left New Jersey, I'm like, I so at freedom and, you know, college. And yeah. even in college, I was in the dorm like three months and I was like, I can't, I don't want to be, I don't want a roommate ever again in life. And I just wanted it so fast though. And yeah. I definitely mentally was not, like you said, it, it could have been a much better experience had I been ready for all the stuff that I wanted so fast. Yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot, and you know, going to Mount Hershey when you graduate, man, you just you, you think the world owes you something. You think like you step out here and boom, everything happened. I thought I was going to graduate. That jam gonna call me, or I'm gonna be in this movie. I'm like, man, then you start realizing how big the world is. You're like, yo, you know how many people are talented and gifted, and how many people out here actually have been groomed to do this kind of thing. So you gotta play catch up on the reality of life. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand that. But as you get older, hopefully, people start to see that. Like, yeah, life is life is life is interesting. <laughs> it's, it's very true. Life is hard. It's, yeah yeah actually the more and more the older that i get and the more people that i'm around and that i mentor and that i help and that i just am friends with and you know mm -hmm. you have these deeper more vulnerable conversations with people you realize like we are all in this tough ass life together there everyone is going through something or some mm -hmm. things you know where it's financial marital kids depression, anxiety, pressure, just life. Life is actually very, very hard. And having the the right mindset to be able to like, to be proactive with it and, and enjoy the process, mm -hmm. you know, cause you can either learn to enjoy it or it could be like a beat up session most of the time, you know? Listen, one, one, of, the, one of the hard things I ever had to do was um, walk away from a job. And I, yeah. One of the hardest things I ever had to do was walk away from a job. Yeah. Because it was it was it was mentally, physically tasking. And yeah. hey, in the background, how you doing? <laughs> but um walking away from a job. Um, and I always use this to tell people, man, if if it's physically, mentally, spiritually draining you, yeah. what are you doing? Yes. You're killing yourself. Like seriously. And it feels and, and it was hard because I'm like, man. Like the money's great and stuff like that. But I'm like, yo, am I even enjoying anything right now? Am I even happy? You know, I was not myself. And I'm like, man, one day I woke up and said, man, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And it was the most freeing. The first thing I did, I, I met up with them. I said, hey, man, I'm done, man. They're like, what, man? We'll give you more. I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. We'll give you this much more. I'm like, nah, man, I'm done. Yo, I got in my car. <laughs> I drove home. I told my fiance. Yeah. She looked at me. She said, good. Yeah. Wow. She was like, good. I want one thing. <laughs> so good. She she was like, um, good. 
Yeah. And then I took a shower and I went back to sleep. And I <laughs> and I felt great. I felt yeah. great. So it is freeing. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, man. And good Definitely. that you had like the mindset and the strength to be like, you know what? This is not helping my mental well-being. I can't. Listen, most when, when, live that out years and days. Yeah. And I've seen people, I've seen people, I've seen great men and women burn out. Yeah. And we don't talk about that enough, the burnout, you know, and a lot of the pressure gets put on us by our families and people. Yeah. These are things supposed to make this much. I, I get it, you know, but I, I always thought like it's not so all be about money, it's to be about freedom. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that was a hard choice. That was this is years ago. And I was like, I felt guilty job. I'm like, she's gonna hate me. She's gonna hate me. I quit a job. How are we gonna live? And that helped me put, and that actually helped me put a woke media into mo more emotion because I have more time. Yeah. I have more time to focus on woke media. And we 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 crushed it that year because I had time wow. and I was able to sleep more, mm -hmm. ate better, I dropped like 30 some pounds. I was being more healthy, you know what I'm saying? Have more time, sleep, you know? And um, that, that was, that, that goes full circle to your question only about woke media. That's what kicked it up to high gear, you know? Wow. And now we're, we're doing so many, so many great things that I can't even believe some days. I'm like, yo, man, how did you get here, bro? How did you get into a new house? How did you get this? How did you do that? Now you have kids in a span, like this short amount of time. I'm like, yo, but that's my timeline. Right. You know? Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. How did, so what is your day-to-day -day like? What do you do like day-to-day? -day? I mean, right now, I'm, I'm on a contract with somebody right now. I'm doing some, you know, stuff with them. Um, my day-to-day, -day, I mean, honestly, man, I, I wake up around 7.30, 7.30, yeah. 8 a.m., you know, check emails. And then I hit the ground running, man, you know? Yeah. I drive into the city. Normally, I have like three or four meetings a day in the city. Um, just connecting with different opportunities for their brand or whatever and just trying to find a good relationship yeah. between the two you know as far as atlanta is real good because they have a good uh, community of people who are influencers and stuff like that but they, and they all know each other that's the thing about a big a big city but it still has a small city type of vibe because everybody knows everybody that's cool and they may act like they don't <laughs> but they all know each other and once you get in that network you get a lot of stuff done and that's why a lot of companies are moving to atlanta a lot of companies test run stuff in Atlanta because you get accurate, you know, information. You know, um, Atlanta's, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty black city, as everybody knows, pretty black. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of companies come here to get accurate information about the market. And that's where yeah. I come in. You know, I, I ear to the street, yeah. but ear ear also up to the well-to-do um, you know, African Americans who've done stuff as well. You know, it's not just catered to a one type of black person. <laughs> it's it's a multitude of different types of black people and other people as well, you know. So, yeah. so a large Mexican community out here as well, white as well. And so you get to see, you know, a mixture of cultures, but you also get accurate responses from the culture instead of just being spoon fed, you know, the same things over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is usually like the late information. Like by this, yes. there are new statistics that are out there that need to be. And that's what I love about what you're doing. It's almost like you are like getting the pulse of the culture of the marketing. Yes. Right there, you're right there in it, seeing, like you said, the responses. And yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and it's been crazy because it's like, you think you know, you know, living up north, you know, you know, yeah, I'm black. You know, I grew up, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, then you, then you move down to the south where it's different, where it's a more southern culture. Then you start learning there's different types of people, different mindsets. So, you know, when I came down here, to be honest with you, I, I was 
I was caught off guard. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty cool. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not Philly. You know, I hang out. Hey, I've been in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, man, it was totally different. And I learned so much about myself, so much about my culture. And first thing I said when I came down here, I said, man, hey, man, first thing I'm going to do, man, I'm going to be immersed in the culture. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go to the flea market. I'm going to go to places where the farmer's market. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to this concert. I'm going to go here. And I started seeing the culture. I'm like, man, this is what these companies get all the culture from. Right. From music to art. Most films are filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, wow. Oh, and even Coming to America was filmed here. Freaking Black Panther was filmed here. A whole bunch of stuff. Shaft, a whole bunch of stuff filmed. Even Walking Dead. A whole bunch of shows filmed out here. And it's like, you don't get enough credit for it, but you start seeing where the culture plays a part. Yeah. Didn't Tyler create the start his company out in Atlanta? He always had a company, but he bought an old uh, Confederate naval base. Okay. So basically, he owns like a small town. He turned into like a set. Wow. So all the movies and TV shows are filmed in one set. I've been there a couple of times. It's pretty cool. That's and um, it's, it's it's pretty cool, man. So it, it's crazy what he did over there. Because they're real houses, but they're like set design houses. And it's like, man, he built a whole White House. Yeah. Like a replica White House. I was like, what the heck is... <laughs> So pretty much because I, I kind of understand like the film industry as opposed as when it comes to like renting studio time mm -hmm. or like uh, settings, you know, and that's yeah. pretty much like what he did. Like he has his own huge ass studio. Like in Hollywood, they have that their studio areas that I've been yeah. to. But like that's what he did. He pretty much created like his own big huge set. Like you said, it is the set, and people rent. Yeah. Like you, you want to go do your stuff there. You got to rent all of those, the place, the props, all of that. And, yeah, and that's and that's, and, that, and that's the right mentality to have, man. You know, even he's like, you know, I'm not gonna wait for Hollywood to accept me. You know, exactly. I'm gonna make my own Hollywood. I don't, I don't need, and that's and that's what a lot of people need to adopt the mentality. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I feel like if more people, and I know it's hard to start a studio, but he started from his own work doing plays and yeah. turned to movies and turned to studio. And the more people thought that way, instead of always relying on others to come, you know, nobody's coming to save you, man. Right. You know, like, like I said to my friend, anybody coming to save you, dog? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you you got you gotta you gotta find a way and connect with people, man. You know, and you know, brotherhood, sisterhood, you know, meeting up with people who are like-minded or want to learn from you, right, can right. never hurt. You know, even if they don't know as much as you, they may know something you may not know. Right. You know, the moment you think you stop learning is the moment you fail. And I think you got to work along with people. And I think that's what we need to work on more, I think, as, as Mel Hershey, Mel Hershey family is working with each other positively <laughs> in, in, in ways where we could all get stuff done and also practice brotherhood and sisterhood. Yeah, exactly right. Right there on the head. And we had alluded to it earlier when we talked about the power of networking. And yes. the whole reason, one of the main reasons I started the podcast is one, to rebrand Milks, because I'm tired of people seeing us as just poverty kids who went to a school for- Yeah, home. man. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So past that stigma or that brand that we were given. So I want to rebrand it as like, yeah. we are powerful, extraordinary people who are out there building legacies of our own. Yes. And two, if you look at like sororities and fraternities, like big time sororities and fraternities that are- huge they make serious money they really know how to network with each other get each yes. other places in front of the right people that could be mhs alumni association like that that is exactly the mentality that we should 
adapt and have. It shouldn't just be, oh, we're alumni and you know, there's a small little association. We always give back to the school and stuff like that. It needs to be like, we are a fraternity. We are yes. a huge sorority. We benefit each other. We network. We put each other in the right places. Like that, that's the power of collaboration and network. And we have it. Like we have the extraordinary people. We have the deep connection. It's an instant trust, an instant connection, you know? You're doing legwork though. And that's why I like what you're doing because, you know, I've, I've been happy. I've been asked to do stuff before and I kind of like, eh, eh. Yeah. But the reason why I say, you know, mainly because, you know, you, you were not always cool. Yeah. But also, I like the fact you prof you're providing something, a yeah. platform for people to be heard. And I think a lot of people, I'm not saying nobody in particular, so anybody listening, don't think I'm taking shots at you, I'm not. But you came with the hand up, but not an open hand. You weren't like, give me, you're like, Victor, let's talk. <laughs> like, let's yeah. talk. And I think for us, a stronger, stronger community and alumni associate, we, us people with resources, let's yeah. provide, yeah. let's help people. Yeah. But also yes. when people receive help, also at some point gonna have to provide help as well to somebody else, one hand, these other hand. So I think if we approach with that mindset, I think it'll be a smoother transition to rebrand like you're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm a big believer in just wherever you go, try to provide value. Like even yes. if it's something so small, like a little piece of advice or a Bible verse to someone who needs it. Or, or food. Or food. Yeah. Value wherever you go. And then eventually stuff like that compounds over time and then yes. everything that you've ever dreamt of or need will start to come back to you because of like the seeds and I really strongly believe in that like everywhere I go I just want people to hopefully get something from it and you know be able to grow and 100% from this I hope other milts see you know their friends they see another milk doing something and they get inspired that's my main yes. Is inspiration, motivation for more mills to get out there and like take a risk on yourself. You can do it. You know, we have what it takes. We are very resilient, you know, powerful, you know, congenial people. We have a lot of diversity. We've learned a lot from Milton Hershey. So we have all the tools and resources we need, personality-wise, too, to 100% and make it happen. Yeah. More, more entrepreneurial milts than I ever thought, you know. Listen, it and and the world is forced a lot of us to become this way and because as you know like I said going to college I, I could have hung my hat up a long time ago still been working for that that company could have just mailed it in you know but the world forced you man and it's like I told you a lot of education I got was outside of the classroom the classroom was just like you know it happened I'd be like it happened but yeah. I learned how to construct contracts from somebody screwing me over. <laughs> you know so I learned how I learned who to talk to after somebody stole from me you know or you learn those hard lessons through hard times. So you got to just bravely face the world because if you don't face it, you're not going to learn nothing. You're not going to grow. And you can't, you, you can't be afraid, afraid to fail. Because, yeah. you know, failure is only temporary, man. You know, and you can't be afraid. Mel Hershey himself failed so many times. How many of us would have thought, okay, man, this chocolate thing ain't working. Let me go make boats or something, you know, but he, he kept, he kept, <laughs> he kept pushing. And I think we need to adopt that mentality because life comes as you, you know, it, it's, it comes to you fast, but it's also a gift to still be here and still be able to dream and live and grow. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Talking about growth, I can 100% I can tell that you've done a lot of self-development, a lot of self-care. You have a lot of great mindset things. 
that I can see. So what kind of self-development have you done over the years and how often? Every day, man. Um, some days I'm better than others. You know, some days, you know, I'm a Pisces, so I'm a little, I'm a little moody sometimes, but <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of those, like, surprisingly, a lot of like those, like, self-help gurus, playing them in the car, like, Les Brown's my favorite, old school, oh, wow. OG of this thing. Yeah. And Robbins, you know, listen to stuff like that. And I always thought stuff was corny when I was a kid. I'm like, who wants to hear Zeke Ziegler? My house parents be playing Zeke Ziegler. I'm like, what is this mess? This is so corny. <laughs> my house father loves Zeke Ziegler. He loved that stuff. He always played like, I, I always ignored it. I'm like, this is garbage. Play some music. Yeah. But as I got older, I was just on a computer. This is like a decade ago. I'm like, Fresh out of college, I'm like, man, I need some more words outside of church as well. You know, going to church and stuff, but like, I needed more. Yeah. And then I started listening to Les Brown. I'm like, man, I started feeling better. Yeah. Start working out, start eating better. And that kind of stuff is sticks in your mind. And every day I remind myself, man, say hi to at least five people you don't know. Wow, that's great. You don't know if that changes their day or not. Yeah. Acknowledge people, you know. You know, hug the babies. That, that makes me feel good. You hug the babies. You, know, you come home, little boy, you, like, ah. and I'll be, you know, someday you, you come through that door, you're like, man. <laughs> but yeah. so you see the day. So a lot of time with family, man, making sure on certain days where I just turn off the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just unplugging, man. Um, some people know that was a hard part yeah. for me. No yeah. is powerful. Yeah. No is the most powerful word. Yes. Around, like, no, I don't want to. Like, Why don't you? I don't want to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of my issues too. I used to try to please everybody. I was like, you know, I can help this person. I'm like, who's helping me, man? I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know? Yeah. And that, that's been the main thing I've been working on over the last couple of years is really just making time and crafting time for, for, for rest, for meditation, for prayer, um, to call people that I haven't spoken to in a while, letting people know I love them, especially after this pandemic, man. I, I told so many people I love them last year and this year, I'm like, I love you, man. They're like, what? what's going on? Like, I love you, man. And they don't know how to even receive it. They're like, what the heck? You love me. I called my house parents. I haven't spoken to in like 15 years. I yeah, called yeah. them out the blue, found his number in the newspaper. <laughs> I found out, found out, you know, he had a heart attack. Wow. And that woke me up. I'm like, I haven't spoken to God. He, all this is going on. He spoke. He was so surprised to speak with me. Yeah. I'm like, man, we don't know what's going on with people sometimes. Yeah, what yeah. would it take you to reach out? Instead of just staring at the page online, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I ain't just talking about it, I'm high and mighty, but take time to reach out to somebody. Hey, you good, man? What's up, man? And not want nothing, just check on them. Just be like, hey, man, you good? You all right? That's it, you know, and you don't know how much that would change today. So that's that's my self care method. Just and a lot of sleep, man. A lot of sleep, a lot of water. I yeah. drink a lot of water. Oh, good for you. Well, that's yeah. I don't that I definitely need to do more is water. It's awful. And, and I want to I, that to my daughter so yeah. she be a water drinker. Yeah. I'm like a, I don't drink juice or soda or anything either. Yeah. I'll have orange juice, but I'm a coffee person, beer or wine. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Hey man, listen, I, I've, I've beer, I, I recently started liking those seltzers. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're pretty oh, good. I love you know. water. Yes. Yes. I, I, I love, I love seltzer water and sparkling yeah. seltzer. I mean, those, those are my things, man. And, the self-care thing is so major, man. I wish major. And, and I, maybe my memory's just serving me wrong. Did we have a lot of self-care stuff in my Hershey? Was there a lot of that? You know, I might have. I I, 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 I didn't pay attention sometimes. I'm not gonna lie, to you. I, I didn't. Yeah, I was yeah. on out. 
I, yeah, honestly, I don't think I took advantage of you know yeah. the resources they had, but I also don't think that they were very compatible. Like I know we all had problems going in, lots of trauma. So I know um, in my younger time, you know, the school saw that I had lots of trauma, so they tried to get me in counseling. Yeah. And my my therapist was like an 80 year old white man and I'm like we can't connect like you're not going to understand anything I'm going to tell you like there Period. was zero relatability zero compatibility so it really wasn't you know helpful I would yeah. say um I think now they they are listening more I think yeah. uh, the president definitely has his ear to the ground so he's he's listening more of what definitely it needs the new culture so they've done a lot of those changes um but I'd say back then, yeah, I don't think, even in general, I would say self-care was never even a thing until last few years that people are making self-care a trend, you know? Listen, listen, that self-care <laughs> thing. I've heard of self-care when I was a teenager, you know? And my mom listen. never talked about it. And, and once again, I'm African. They don't want to... Self-care? Like, what do you mean? You're selfish. You're like, what? What are you? Can <laughs> you selfish? So it, it's yes. and, and that's the old man I heard you too because I went there in '94 and I remember a lot, a lot of the furniture from there at the time was from the '80s and '90s still. Oh, so and I remember the first time I got a haircut, it was oh, it might have been, it might have been your counselor, was, but yeah. he, he might have been the barber too because yeah. same old yeah. white guy that was the barber in the basement of Memorial Hall, oh, original wow. Memorial Hall before he knocked it down. This dude went to cut my hair. Listen to me. That thing was jack. I walked home looking oh my crazy. My, my mom came up that weekend. She saw, she said, he's not cutting hair ever again. Ever, yeah. It was bad. But like you said, they, they've, they've done a really good job before that I can see. Yeah. And making adjustments to making stuff more culturally appropriate yeah. and more yes. understanding. Because like I said, it's a lot of different cultures there. But I think in the beginning, early and while we were there, it was a lot of gear towards one side. Yeah. And I think they yeah. took it a deeper dive into identifying where I need to fix. And I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And, they, and I think even as technology plays a big role in that now, like I think all people have learned that black people just aren't all black. Like it's not just, oh, they're black, they're African-American. Like, yeah. You know, and even yeah, yeah, yeah. growing up, like the people that I've talked to that were like African didn't even really know themselves. Like, oh, no. I'm, I'm a different, they felt it from like other black people. Like there was yes. a difference there, you know, mm -hmm. but then to themselves, they still didn't even understand their own culture, where they came from. So everything was just black, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and now technology has like gotten us all more culturally advanced or yes. less ignorant. Yeah. So, and for Milton Hershey to see that and embrace it, thank God. Because yeah. they definitely couldn't continue the way they did with us with these newer kids who have access yeah. to all the stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot a lot of a lot of yeah a, a lot of changes have been made and you know you yeah. you, you growing up muslim muslim yeah i think you probably see some changes too because there was nothing yeah here to you. Even I know remember, what muslim was yeah. what syria was they don't even know like even the whole like 9 11 thing man that must be, i can't even imagine i can't even imagine like how you felt I yeah. can't even, and now looking back, I'm like, I didn't even think about it back then. Yeah. Now, now looking back, I'm like, how the house parents treat you? Like, how the other people treat you? And yeah. now it's like, it's automatic. It's like, hey, man, 
make sure your friends are good. Make sure, you know, we're not being funny towards her or being, you know, people from different cultures. And I hope they're actively practicing that. But I think they are over there, man. I yeah. mean, different times, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even when I was there, like, I I, I prayed five times a day. Like, I was yeah. about Muslim. So um, a couple of house parents weren't, like, all, they didn't, like, downplay it, or, but they didn't really create environment encourage it either yeah i had yeah. a set of house parents that um didn't encourage it but they didn't allow like the other girls to come down the hall and make noise and stuff like that when i was yeah. working, which was very nice and thoughtful um but mostly it was just people didn't understand it and just thought it was weird weird as hell i thought it was a little weird it was embarrassing doing it but i had like a you know you know that like i think growing up muslim i i always had like that um I have to do this, otherwise I might go to hell, you know? Like, that's, the, <laughs> that's the main thing. I don't want to go to hell. Yeah, he, it's like he a lot graduated. of fear. Yeah, yeah, it was like a lot of extra fear, OCD. Like it was a ritual when I didn't do my five daily yeah. prayers, it was hard to sleep, you know? And then you graduate <laughs> and you said, you graduate into the real world. This might be hell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, it was a lot of shift, shift changes. <laughs> But even during 9-11, I don't think, I definitely didn't get any like hate or anything from yeah. other students or anything yeah. from Hershey. But when I, I worked at KFC, like um, like senior year or something, I worked at KFC. Um, and I do remember um, there was a white lady who had come in and I think I was in the back, like I was making the sandwiches, you know, wrapping, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I just remember her telling the manager, like, have her, ha have someone else make my food. I don't want that whatever she called me. A wow. Yeah, so that was like the only thing I remember at that age, yeah. And I was like, how does she even know I'm Arab? Like, Maybe know like her. <laughs> probably saw the name tag and was like, yeah. yeah. You know, but that was the only experience, yeah. Listen, I, I don't even want to open that Pandora box. I have quite a few experiences, but yes, we're yes. trying to be positive, legacy, yeah, build, yeah. legacy building. You yeah, see me in yeah. person, you can ask me, but we're going to keep it, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but you know, one thing I talked with um, Joe Hadagua on, he, I did another interview with him before and he he talked about it a lot actually because, and that's something I don't think Milton Hershey knew how to help or even knew to help and mm -hmm. they maybe should have. And I hope that they've implemented something for the kids Me now because you guys experience real racism. Listen, like full blown. Full racism. blown. Yeah. And we're attacks, like I'll give, you, attacks. I'll give you one story. I'll give you yeah. one story. We're, we're like walking home from wreck. It was like, you know, when it gets dark early. We're walking yeah. home and what's it called? 322, that highway? What's the uh -huh. highway? Called? Yeah, yeah. We're I walking like, like, yeah, but following this hole, it's like at nighttime. This truck drives by real slow. Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Then, like, screaming, yeah. screaming that word. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah. Did they yeah. say what we thought they said? And yeah. they screamed it again, start throwing stuff at us. And I'm like, what the? Oh my gosh. And we're so young and crazy. We we th we started chasing the truck. Yeah. Obviously the truck, it just sped off, but we're like, ah! Yeah. But and this is in like 2000 and dude, this is like, this is, you know, so and these house parents, I mean, those those parents, you can't even tell the house parents. And if you do, they're kind of like, ah, well, that's sad, but go to bed and do your chores. But like, you know, you don't understand that, that, that traumatized. Yeah, exactly. You know? Traumatized. And then, but then it's one thing to face that type of, you know, obvious racism but then coming out here dealing yeah. as a grown man the covert racism yeah. that's yeah. that's a whole different level you right. know that's when it becomes a whole ism yeah. because you're stopping people from 
elevating and doing things. You know, you can call me the N word all day if you want. I don't care. That's your problem. Right. But when you're stopping right. my growth and affecting my family, then that's a whole that's a whole different issue. Exactly. You know, so seeing the differences and growing up in that and understanding that and experiencing that and talking about it with people of different cultures and understanding that it had to affect a lot of us, especially in sports. I, you know, people always make a joke about Mel Hershey can't win the big one, Melton Hershey. Or, yeah. You don't know yeah. some of the crap we was going through with them referees yeah. and them players, wow. egging our buses, going to towns called, listen, these, these weird towns where there would be the one black kid <laughs> and it was always Jamal. Yeah. You play all the sports, but yep. you come in a town, you feel it. Yeah. And going through that, hopefully my kids never have to go through that, but those yeah. experiences, they made me stronger, but at the same time, I didn't realize how much they played again and again in my mind. You can even see in my face now I'm getting mad again. But it's like it plays again, 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 again in your mind. Like man, it, it was so deep, man. You know, it is deep. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what I I remember. I don't remember them ever even talking about racism, like ever even being a topic. Hey, let's talk about it. Hey, are you guys no. experiencing it? Hey, if you guys do experience nothing, yeah, nothing. And I really hope that that's changed and they are sure it has. about sure it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I, you guys, that is traumatizing. It is, Especially it is. At such a young age, you don't understand it. You're like, what the F, you know? Sometimes our coaches be like, hey man, they're racist over there, man. Use that anger to win the game. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm like, this is not remember the this Titans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is they can they can that's do something to us here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, that's scary. Play, play, playing with that fear, but also also understand like there are different types of people in the world. You know, I'm not saying all yeah. white people are racist, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I met a lot of great, amazing, yeah. you know, white people <laughs> my whole life. In my Hershey, a lot of ones that really helped me. And yeah. That's the life lessons. I could go down a whole list. Yeah. So it's about, you know, who we connect with, who we can learn from. I think a lot of people stay racist and stuff because they don't want to learn about other cultures. It's as right. simple as that. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that was just some of the stuff. That's my, so many stories. If you, you could have a, and my stuff is mild compared to the guy that, that was there in the seventies and eighties. I can't imagine being the first black kid in Mount Hershey. That's, oh, yeah. that, that needs oh, to yeah. be a movie. Right. You know? yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's, I'm sure they're doing better because, like I said, I'm, I'm really close with Mr. Gerd and Mrs. Gerd, and they've always been very mindful of stuff. You know, Miss Gerd, she used to tell me, I'm like, hey, man, she was telling me the real deal. You know, I don't want to go into the story, but she used to tell me the real deal. Mr. Gerd as well, you know, so I'm pretty sure they're taking care of that. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. I, I always love Miss Gerd, too. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. So many people mention her. Yeah, she's made such oh, yeah. an impact. It's crazy. I'm telling you because... She was so nice and nurturing, but she was also very direct. Yeah. And I think that was refreshing to see an adult. Because sometimes, you know, everybody over there is doing their job. Some teachers are doing their job. She would go the extra mile and yeah. be like, hey, man, you look tired today. Go over there and just chill. Like, don't touch nothing. Just, <laughs> you look beat up. You know, <laughs> she would do the extra, you know. And then, you know, Mr. Girl would come every now and then, take us out, you know. I just remember, tell you, the can't press them all. Yeah. Buy us pizza, talk to us and stuff. So those experiences gave me hope yeah gave me hope you so know funny that yeah. we a lot of times you remember like the traumatizing and bad stuff and then all the time you're like but then there was this one time that was like man i'll never forget that you know yeah and, so, and we also experience. forget too we were in a very you know insulated environment you know and i think we had a lot of good days too man you know yeah. we tend to forget them because we just think about the you know the crazy stuff but we had a lot of good i had a lot of good days over there man yeah. where you know just hanging out with my cats in my student home was cool, you know?
Yeah, yeah, so true. So during this time of entrepreneurship, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? Um, doing better with people. Because working with, listen, when I started, it was just me when I first started. Yeah. And just dealing with people, man. Parenting moment right there. Listen, don't feel bad. That would be me. I'm like, let me right. <laughs> listen, one time I was on a Zoom call for work. And I'm like, doo, 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 doo. my son runs in butt naked. <laughs> Bust through the door. I forgot to lock That's the door. Like, ah! Then you see his mom running behind him. Come I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, I block the camera. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, and all the parents back there are like, ah, oh, this is nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. But um, what's the question again? I'm sorry, I'm just told. What do you think mind. has been your biggest challenge? Oh yeah, entrepreneur. Um, people, different type, dealing with different type of people, working along with people. I think sometimes being deal with the whole like, you know, racism, racism thing. It's like when you see a black guy owning a business. That I kind of act apprehensive. Even your own people sometimes are like, man, what big black guy? I don't, I don't know. I'm like, and that's the good part. Then, then I can flash the, the degree on them. Like, hey, man, I did, <laughs> I did go to school. I know he's making this stuff up. Right. And then you run on the resume, and you have the risk of sounding arrogant. But the reason why because you need to always prove yourself. And that part gets exhausting. I'm telling you, people take a take advantage of you, and not want to pay you on time and. And that's why I learned the beauty of a middleman. Like sometimes I don't even talk to people. I'm like, you handle that because I'm not talking money with them. You're the you're, you're you're my assistant. You talk to them. Let's deal with that because some, it's exhausting. And, and but also learn how to set your boundaries and stick to your guns. You might miss out on that big contract because the person's being funny. Don't don't do it. It's not all about the money. And before when I was struggling, I would take jobs just for the money. I'll be I won't lie to you. I'll be like, I need the money. I'm gonna take. It. Yeah. But then yeah. afterwards. You know the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Yeah. So I started prioritizing. You know, make sure it feels right, the vibes right, and the business is taken care of. That's the main part. Business is yeah. taken care yeah. of, and then we can be cool, man. But let's handle the business first, and then you know, if we become cool, cool. But let's handle the business first. So yeah. draw yeah. this line between friendship, prejudice, and business. Just make sure you yeah. handle the business. Yeah, and that's such, that's such a crucial thing to learn. I read a book that has always stuck with me, which is so good. It's called uh, Crucial Conversations. And it is about like having conversations at high stakes or learning how not to blur the lines of friendship and favors and business. Oh, yeah. Money. Yeah. And that's hard, especially you had talked about it earlier that, um, you know, you're working on saying no. Oh, and yeah. being a people pleaser was always a thing. And that's same yeah. thing. I've always been a people pleaser. I'm still learning how to say no and not feel guilty about it. Um, and big time, especially in, in certain industries of business where, you know, you have to build a relationship and stuff. Yes. Those lines can easily be blurred and people can expect yes. more favors. And, you know, and that's such a, it's a good muscle to be able to build on. Listen. Yeah. And, and, I, and I learned that from my barber one time. He was like, some guy like, can I get some money? He's like, no. Yeah. He said, why not? Because I don't want to. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you can say that and not explain yourself? Sometimes right. you just don't want to. Like, and that no thing is so powerful, man. It, I didn't realize it, but it's like, no is so powerful. Like, no, I'm not doing, or I'm not doing nothing today. Yeah. You're allowed to say that. You're allowed to say that. I don't want to do nothing today. And that's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Not have to feel obligated to something or someone. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. absolutely right. 
Yeah, that's good. It's it's so funny that what are we in our thirties now? And we're just <laughs> some people. Some people are gifted. They've been saying no since Mel Hershey. They were right? no. <laughs> I think a lot of that too is like is for me at least. It's a a lot of it was tied to my self worth. So yes. low self-worth equals people pleasing, hard to say no, feeling obligated to do yes. everything, spreading yourself thin for people. Yeah. I, I always had a little bit of survivor's remorse. Mm. So if I was like good at something, I would dumb it down just so I wouldn't make nobody feel less than. Or like if I want something, I'd be like, ah, you know, it's nothing. But like dumbing down my accomplishments to make other people feel comfortable, but not realizing in doing that, you're you're missing out on inspiring people. Yeah. You know, me telling a story about community college, hopefully some kid, you know, is struggling like, damn, I'm going to community, oh, man, I feel like, nah, man, go through that, do good and keep moving. Yeah. And so yeah. not dumbing down your accomplishments, celebrating them while being a jerk, of course, but yeah. just yeah. it's okay to celebrate your accomplishments. It's okay to buy yourself nice things if you can afford them. It's okay to go eat that lunch if you can afford it and take that time to love yourself. That's back to the self-care. And I grew up with that guilt, man. I'm like, man, why I shouldn't buy those shoes, man. I'm like, man, they're expensive, man. Talk yourself out of it. Like, man, next thing you know, I should have bought them, man. What's wrong with you? Love yourself. Yes. So yeah. that survivor's remorse and that people-pleasing thing is definitely two things I, I work on and I continually work on because those two things have been, you know, some things that probably helped me back before, to be honest with you, you know, being transparent. Yeah, that is so good. That is such a powerful thing to be aware of and then know, okay, this is something I definitely got to work on because it's not, that's the mindset's not going to continue to benefit me. Yeah, that's really good. A lot of people don't even get that awareness. You know, they just keep going through life with the same mindsets that aren't mm -hmm. them as opposed to growing them. Some people, you know, they think like, if I'm nice enough to that person, they can eventually be nice to me. No, no. Some no. people are just <laughs> yeah, some people just don't like you. Filter <laughs> what you allow. In. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. That's good. It's all it is. It's about self worth and self growth, and seeing value in what you have, and not being able, you know, knowing how to not dilute yourself. Exactly. Listen, that's a hundred percent right there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So during the time of the pandemic, have you had to pivot in any way your business or how you do business? Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm under a contract now. So I had to take a, a long-term deal with a company yeah. and um, just to make sure I was secure, just because I didn't know where stuff was going. So I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really stop. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. It's not a problem, but I kind of just, Adjusted those first because Atlanta was only closed for three weeks. Uh -huh. So I was like, I could either sink or swim. So those three weeks where nobody went anywhere. I was in my house reading all this stuff, doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh my, everybody talking about crypto, talking about all this stuff. I'm like, all right, but what am I going to do from the ground level, floor, physical every day? Uh -huh. um, so I started meeting with local grocery chains um, for this company and meeting up and talking to them, different programs they could do during the pandemic. like. Yeah. mask giveaways mm -hmm. it's before giving away a mask was a thing yeah and started doing that and started working with even c stores convenience stores started making sure that they were carrying a mask but then in atlanta mm -hmm. they got creative in atlanta but started like doing like designer masks right. real quick like real like right i saw i saw gucci masks i'm like who gucci mcmask yeah, yeah. I, it, was, yeah. it was crazy 
Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I became the bridge between those companies that were making masks and those convenience stores. So I pivoted. It wasn't the prettiest work, yeah. but I pivoted yeah. and it let me in some more stuff. And I started doing stuff with, uh, to get a beer, started doing stuff with Stella Artois, yeah. um, rebranding mm-hmm. Life Artois campaign um, through Atlanta. Got a lot of uh, localized media footage for their campaign. Work with them very, very close. And my stuff slowly started like opening back up for good out here. I just made sure I still kept having meetings, whether it was via Zoom or sometimes be outside in person, six feet apart, just yelling across the <laughs> talking, but I made sure to stay active. So, and it also gave me time to really show people during those times that I cared. Yeah. And I think a lot of restaurants and bars lost out and I would go visit them and talk, not even order nothing, just talk to them. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, you guys good? Yeah. And it was sad watching the city just dwindle like that. A lot of people losing their businesses, but it helped me pivot into learn how to show more empathy and understanding that aspect of my industry as well. Like, it's yeah. not just what you see on TV and stuff. It's the culture inside mm-hmm. the community. So to answer your question, the way I pivoted through the whole thing was I got more back to grassroots, more back mm-hmm. roots on the ground, more talking to people. Because honestly, yeah. man, this whole thing, man, it feels weird to even hug people now. Yeah, and, big hands. And, and, and shake hands, you're like, I don't know, should I, should I? Right. <laughs> you, know, you don't know what to do. So getting around people, you know, safely, of course, but also making sure, let them know you care and you're here to help. So I became more personable, but also more business personable. That makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. so good too. And, and shows like how much you truly care about the people and what's happening yeah. to them that you would go and check on them. That's the kind of seeds that are planted. Yeah. Come back to you later, yeah. Listen, and now, honestly, I could ask them for anything. They're like, hey, what's up? What's up, man? And because you care. And that's called paying it forward. You know, a lot of people went to hermit mode. Not wrong with that. It was scary times. It was very scary. But I took it as a challenge. You know, I took it as a challenge. I'm like, man, listen, man, it's been dark times before. There's going to be more dark times in the future. So I could decide to, you know, just sit here and just whatever and, you know, drink wine and watch Netflix, which I love to do. Yeah. Or, I, yeah, or I can just do that on the weekends and <laughs> bust my ass during the week, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, man. Great that you have that level of, like, checking yourself and accountability, too. Entrepreneurs yeah. take major, major self-accountability. Yes. I mean, it's unreal. Yeah, yes. self-motivation, accountability, just to be able to just make it happen every day because otherwise the check won't come. That's horrible. Yeah, man. Crazy. What did you come up with? How did you come up with the name Awoke Media? Because that's a great name. It's also very true. It's a really great name. So once again, like your husband says about like seeing stuff before. Yeah. So, <laughs> so everybody says woke now, woke. Yeah. <laughs> this is before. This is long before. Yeah. And I felt it came from, I always felt like people were sleeping on me. Mm. And I feel like once I got that awakening, I was like, now I'm awake. Now, now I'm going to do this thing. So it became awoke like that. I became awoke. So I did a lot of, uh, the first project I did on there, what is that? What's going on? What's that beeping noise? See? Parenting <laughs> <moment>. Um. <laughs> so, so, uh, awoke me to came from me eventually. I felt like people were sleeping on me. Yeah. I was sleeping on myself yeah. and I had this awakening. I'm like, man, I'm awake now. I'm awake. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? So the first part I took about myself, I had a show called, um, it was called Upstart. The show was called Upstart. It's a web series where I highlighted black businesses. Yeah. 
This is like 2016, yeah. before it became like every company's doing it now. So I highlighted a whole bunch of them in New Jersey. It was going well. I, I watched that, yes. Yeah, then I, I moved down. Oh, what you were doing, yeah. Yeah, so I did that. You know, it didn't, the numbers weren't crazy, but the whole plan was to create the shows. Yeah, thank you. The whole plan was to create the show and then eventually get it to public access TV yeah. and get it running, just running, running, running. I'm still working on that, but I did two seasons of that. I moved to Atlanta, shot most of it. It's easy to shoot in Atlanta because there's millions of black businesses. Yeah. But when the time got to the third season, the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Then I went back and watched the show. I want to say 70% of those businesses closed. Oh, how sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the middle of revamping that. But Awoke Media was basically started as a content creation company and it morphed into yeah. a brand development company wow. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's forever evolving. You know, you're forever mm-hmm. going to be evolving yourself and your business and um, everything about it, your legacy, multi-businesses. And Definitely. Branding is such a big deal now. Anything Listen. Now, yeah. Listen, it's, it's, listen, the, the greatest brand ever, man, is, is the Bible, Christianity, great branding <laughs> ever. Yeah. And, and you, you can literally break it down. And everything's branding, man. Once you, even yourself. Yeah. You know, e- even me, like, you know, last year, I'm like, man, I'm going to change my look. Ugh, work on that. And you don't think about it, like, I'm gonna even getting a new hairstyle. That's part of branding, you know? And it's like, exactly. and and you have to understand, people don't take time to get to know people anymore. They right. either just scroll through their social media and, think, and build up an idea about who they are. Right. You know, I'm sure people thought like, one way about me. Yeah. And technically, your social media <laughs> is your brand. Yeah. A lot of people know it and they're strategic about it. And a lot of yeah. people don't realize it. And they're just posting emotionally or whatever the case is. Listen. Yeah. That, and, and it hurts my heart to see people do that. Yeah. And last year was a very high, high yeah. emotional posting year. And when I say it took everything in my power not to post sometimes, yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll just type stuff in Microsoft Word just so I wouldn't post nothing crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. people were saying some crazy. And the hard part too is watching a lot of more hurts people say crazy stuff. Mm, yeah. That was a heartbreaking part. I'm like, what is I was look, yeah. I ain't gonna say the name of the group. I was in there for like five minutes. I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And I'm I'm always so like cautious of that, especially like yeah. as a mom, business owner, you know, what I post. Cause I have like my business pages and then I have like my personal page where, you know, yeah. my followers are other moms. Most of them are milts and then, you know, my business people, but whatever people see on your social, that is exactly how they are going to think of you. You know, it could be something you just thought was funny yeah. and somebody will be like, oh, that's how she is. And it's like, yep. I just kind of thought it was funny, but yeah. I don't even, I don't even post funny stuff anymore. I used to post a whole bunch of jokes and laugh. I don't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've learned too, this new, this new me with this yeah. no thing, the power of blocking people. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I always tell people, you talk crazy to me. Yep. Block. Exactly. Yep. I'm that's probably e- like muting, muting things. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's beautiful yeah. too. Muting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yep. that, hey, yeah, listen. Yeah. Because the feed is also, I'm not a big time scroller, but I do yeah. have to scroll and then engage in order to get you know, more people, I have to comment on other people's things to maintain the relationship. But yeah. if I don't like what I see you're posting and if it doesn't like feed my brain, mute, 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 like less this, 
I want my feed to be something that at least doesn't dumb my brain down when I do scroll, you know? But I, I learned a lot about people last year from our <laughs> uh, most I ever learned about them. Um, yeah. Maybe too much, but yeah. a lot of them, I don't even judge them about it because I knew that about some of them when I was at Melhurst, it, it was kind of refreshing to see them actually talk the way you told them. Like, listen, right. it's because you're from a place. So I mean, like, think about it. I spent more time outside of Melhurst than I spent in Melhurst now. By this point, what I graduated what 17 years ago. Right, that's true. Yeah. So the world takes people over, man. It, it yeah. unfortunately it yeah. consumes a lot of us, and you know, it's it's sad, but it's also good that we know who's who. Right. Exactly. And, it, it's just exactly. one of those things where it's the real world, man. Yeah, exactly. And you want to you want to be able to know, you know, the real person instead of like this facade that they put on this entire time. So you can decide, okay, yeah, I do want you in my circle, or I, I don't want you in my circle. All I gotta say is homecoming is gonna be very very interesting next year. Yeah, yeah, isn't that so? Funny? I know. I have twenty years coming up. Next, like next year, I think. Yeah. Because I graduated 02, so yeah, yep. 2022 would be our 20, 2022 uh, year, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Does it feel like it's for you? No. You know, <laughs> time has gone by so fast. I don't even feel like it's been, yeah, I don't feel like it's been 20 years. And I don't know <laughs> if it's different for like people who are non-milts because of like that connection or that. A lot of times too, and, and I have, I'm always very careful of rebuilding relationships with milts because some, some milts, and, and it's not bad or anything, but some milts are still stuck in the same mindset or they still see you or see themselves the way they did back then. And it's not like we're whole new people, grown. Yeah. Like I, I, it's nice I, to get a connection, but we're totally two different people now. We have to relearn each other, you know? I, I tell people, if you think I'm the same exact person, you're missing out on a whole new great guy. Yeah. Because yeah. the lessons I've the lessons I've learned, how much I've grown, mistakes I've made. Um, it's kind of like they keep you in the time warp. Like they keep you where the last time they saw you or how they remembered you. But people grow and change for the better or the worse. Yeah. And the worst one is not growing at all. Right. You know, right. so it's like you stagnant, you know. It's it's that's my issue too with them. I ain't gonna lie. That's probably my biggest or like the entitlement thing. Just because we're cool doesn't mean like I'm gonna like whatever. You know, it's just, you know, no, no diss to nobody, but sometimes it's like, man, you know, I, I got a family. Yeah. And, and that comes first. And exactly. if you don't, <laughs> if it don't fit onto what I'm doing, I really can't entertain it. Yeah. You know, so, exactly. you know, but. You know, that comes with the growth that some people have had and then the lack of growth that, that some people have had. There's still like that um, living in the past mindset. Yes. Which a lot of times I think a lot of milts still do. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, that I've heard that many times, like that entitlement of the relationship. Like we knew each other, we were, we were friends or we're milts or whatever the case is. So they think there is still an obligation there and there's zero. And that's one thing I think where I've learned a lot of my setting boundaries is with adults. Mm, those wow. closest friends I've ever had. And now, you know, as an adult, going back into those friendships, it's about, you know, oh, this person's probably not the same mindset as me. 
you know, boundary. We can still be friends, but there's a little bit more boundary around our friendships and how we hang out or when we hang mm -hmm. out. Or if you come to my house or if I'm just going to go meet you for drinks, you know, there's, you got to learn that. Listen, with Mills. There's probably people who tell you, Victor, standoffish. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just, it's boundaries. Yeah. I mean, exactly. just, and that's for everybody, not even just Mills. I'm like, I just have certain way I live my life and mm -hmm. where I carry myself and where I want to be. Like, I'm not stuck in the past, you know? You know, I'm looking at my best years are in front of me and I want to get there in one piece. <laughs> so, you know, when I see you, I see, you, you know, and, and if you want to link up or whatever, that's fine. But it's like, if I, like I said, if I, want, if I say no, don't think it's about you. It's about me and what I need to do. I'm not thinking about <laughs> your, you know, it may sound crazy, but if I say no, it's not me trying to hurt your feelings. You're just saying, I can't or I don't want to. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. That's right. Okay. You know? In fact, you know, being able to set boundaries between friends and being able to understand each other in that way will only enhance the relationship when people are ready for that. You yeah. know, if they're not ready, it's usually it's, that's when they take offense because they're just not <laughs> mentally grown in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, and, and my thing is, you know, the growth part, like we all grow different. You yeah. know, I understand. And I laugh because people eventually get to the point where they grow and they always hit me up. Hey man, I see what you're talking about now, man. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, man, just chill. Just, you know, I'm not always as positive of a person. Sometimes I'm in angry mode, yeah. you know? And, but I try to be pleasant to people. And I tell people, if you get the other side of me, you must have really went there. And I haven't, I haven't had those moments in a long time, but I just tell people, like, it'd be mindful people are people and people have a lot of other stuff going on. You don't even know. Right. You know? That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Most people are struggling and they keep it to themselves. So you really just want to be kind always, but still have your boundaries. Yep. Yeah. How do you think uh, entrepreneurship has affected your family life? Oh, in a good way. Yeah. I mean, more time to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the better version of me because mm -hmm. I'm happier. Um, also, it's given me an opportunity to meet more people and learn more stuff to benefit my family, like meeting, you know, the mayor of Atlanta, you know, you know, her and I, her, me, me and her people were very, very cool. Yeah. Um, meeting all kinds of people throughout the city, just meeting different people. It gives me an opportunity then to present ideas to my children and real life examples or where you can go if you really want to and actually meet the person like, hey, this is you can really do that. Really? So it, it's, it's cool being able to do that now. And I think that's how entrepreneurship has helped me is build up a more confident me, a more reflective me, and definitely a more connected version of myself. Wow. That's really good. Reflective you is such a good word. Yeah. Because we should always be in a, in a period of reflection so we can continue to learn ourselves too. Always. And self-awareness and where we need to grow. And yeah, that's great. That's really good. What advice do you think you would give to your younger self? Better yourself. What bettering yourself? Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. Oh, that's bet on yourself. Perfect. Always bet on yourself. Say that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I always that's always my response to that question. So good. Always bet on yourself. And so many times I'm one thing, I don't like blaming anybody, even if it's their fault. Relationships, anything. I'd be like, yeah, they did that, but what did I do? So good. You know, so it's like how to pertains to betting on yourself is is like being self-aware so in, in in translation or in you know business 
if you are waiting for somebody to do something for you or take care of something for you, it's probably not a good idea. I think you need to say, hey, man, I got, if, you, if you're knowledgeable, of course, and know what you're doing, bet on yourself. You do it. You do it. You know, you do it. If, if you really don't understand some research, you do it. Or like if you're in doubt or you're waiting for somebody to help you and they're taking their good old time, you do it. That's how I even got into photography and stuff because I had a horrible photographer. He wouldn't send me my picture. He took a horrible picture, took his time with him. I said, man, I already know how to do video. Let me just learn how to shoot. Better know myself, took it over. I was able to make the most money I made independently that, that year. I took time to learn Photoshop, all that stuff myself. Because it may have been out of anger, but I bet it on myself. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it on myself. So in times of doubt, when people are counting you out and people are questioning you, you know, find it in you, anything you need to drive you to bet on yourself, take care of yourself, because even if you fail, you learn something. Yeah. And if you win, you earn something, you know, respect from people, you get more confident. So either way you win. So better yourself. That's what I would tell my youngest self. That's really good. I love that. Yeah. And that helps to build your confidence too. Mm-hmm. You know, as you continue to bet on yourself and you meet those goals and you keep doing it, it's just a confidence builder. Definitely. That's really good. Yeah. So um, what advice would you give to a person starting their entrepreneurial journey? Two pieces of advice. First thing is, ask yourself why. Hmm. Why? Um, and also, what are you willing to give up? Wow. You're going to lose out on friends, lose out on family members you're gonna lose out on relationships and me it affected me at first because i was working so much learning stuff i put on all this damn weight i was like yo, what what happened i'm like yo I'm, what and i work editing so i'm sitting down all day editing not just yeah. eating crap not realizing what's going on then you go to put your shirt on on your pants you're like yo what what happened to me man <laughs> so what are you willing to sacrifice, man? And I'm not saying you go out here, you know, and put on a whole bunch of weight, but stuff will change and people will fall off because you're not dedicating your time to partying or whatever. I just say be willing to sacrifice. If you're not, don't do it. Yeah. See, I'm simple. If you're not willing to sacrifice, don't do it. Right. Because you're gonna, you're gonna sacrifice something. I mean, you may not be able to go out for brunch on Sunday with bottomless mimosas and right. crab legs and all the fun stuff they're like hey man i'm building my craft or i'm resting yeah you know but you have to be able to sacrifice something and if you're not going to don't waste your time don't waste nobody's time don't waste your time don't even waste your watch's time don't waste no time yeah sacrifice yeah. is the main part yeah, yeah. that is exactly what you're going to experience as a beginner entrepreneur and and i'd say for a while into entrepreneurship yes yes sacrifice and my whole 20s family sacrifice yeah my whole 20s yes wow (laughs) my whole whole 20s man (laughs) i know and that's such a that's such a time in your life where you want to be able to do whatever you want and not have to sacrifice but then now, because of that sacrifice in your 20s, now you have your 40s and your 50s to be yes. in life the way on your own terms. Yeah. Listen, and you can afford stuff too when you're older. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. my, my, my thing is a lot of my friends were getting all these high profile jobs and they were doing, doing really, really well, getting yeah. married, getting, and I'm like, man, 
That's how I was doing that whole look around thing. Remember, I was telling you, looking at everybody else. Man, why ain't I? I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm like, these fools not even happy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, was, then I was like, just. Yeah. And when I did that, oh. when I did that, I'm telling you, the world is open up. You know, like I said, I, I don't get as like frustrated as much anymore. I just learned to focus, and focusing is key and sacrifice, man. You know, and if I gotta miss out on a contract because I feel it's too much or too much time away from my family, I won't even do it. Yeah, yeah, good. So, and that shows like your growth from the very beginning where you got screwed on contracts and yeah. all about the money and things like that. Over the years now, you've seen like this growth where you're like, no, if this doesn't benefit this, then it's a whole package deal. It all has to flow in order to be, you know, something that I'm going to take on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it is, it's about self It's not just the pursuit of money and success anymore that you know we were trained to believe that go to college get a job oh yeah oh yeah yeah as if all of that was going to fulfill you and then like you said you got all these people making money and they're unhappy people miserable i'm talking about i know people who are millionaires i know professional athletes i know people who got some i'm sure you do too and they come around like why are you always they always ask me, why, why are you so happy all the time like I'm free. <laughs> I'm free, man. You know, I'm free. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about certain things that some people are worried about. You know, I don't feel. I don't have to impress you. If you don't like me, that's your problem. Because I know I, I. I led with a positive attitude towards you. Yeah. And if you don't like me, that's on you. Yeah. And but growing into understanding that, because you don't like me, I'm like why? Yeah. What did I do? Why don't you like me? I ain't like, nah, I don't like you. I don't like you anyway. So right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when you know what you're putting out, um, you don't really need to have that like second thought of, you know, am I tired or am I this for something wrong with me? If you know what you're putting out is good, positive, you know, progressive things, then that's all you really have to focus on. Yeah. 100 percent That's awesome. You know, talking about legacy. It's my last question for you, and I'll, I'll let you go. Um, what is your overall vision for your legacy and your future generations? Of course, financial freedom. Yeah. That's a big one, but mostly mental freedom. Mm, Feeling a way where they don't feel forced to do anything, mm. but finding a passion and understanding that you don't have to go the traditional route, but you have to respect tradition. Yeah. When I say that, I mean like, you know, yeah, you may not be a doctor, but respect the people who are doctors, right. you know, because right. they went to a lot of crap, school, med school, that stuff, and they earned. So find something, a craft or a background or something that you can really focus on and deliver on it, be an expert on, and, yeah. and eventually help other people, you know, don't just get something and sit on it and just feel like you're better than people. Right. You know, the entitlement thing I was talking about earlier, but the legacy I want to leave behind is one of honesty, truth, um, focus, and respect. And if we're doing all those things, I've done my job, man. Yeah. You know, I've done my job. If, if my kids and their kids and their kids and their kids all grow up to be great, outstanding people with good hearts, I've done my part. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So crucial when it comes to character and the type of qualities and values and principles you pass down. Yes. That is so 100%. good. Yeah, I, this was such a great conversation, Victor. I really appreciate you for being on this show. I learned so much <laughs> from you. I love what you're doing. I love your Thank mindset, you. your positivity, your energy. 
Um, you're such a great family man, which is awesome. I'm excited to see all the growth you know, you're going to continue to have and all the value you're going to keep giving to people. Because I see, you know, giving value and helping people is a big, big thing for you. So I, I really like that. I like that. that You too, though. You too, though. You know, you, you like what you're doing too. Like I said, you came you, you came with a platform, positivity, spread love, but also very informative and inspiring. And I hope people take from this. You can see the growth in the both of us. I hope everybody understands, like, it's okay to reach out. It's okay to help others. It's okay to share information, it's okay. Right. And it's okay to admit, admit when you need help or you're falling short, yeah. you know, because yeah. in this journey called life, we all need that extra push. That's right, exactly. So yeah, that my main hope is that this inspires and motivates people because they see each other, we're all the same. We're all the same, we all have the same potential. You know, we all have the same type of cards in life. There's always gonna be something, but it's just all about getting around the right people, the right associations, the like-mind mindset and, you know, it's just all about having a vision. That's probably most yeah. important is, is just constantly keeping track of your vision of where you want to go, where you want to be. That's so crucial. And talking about it with other people um, just keeps bringing it more to life, you know? Yes, definitely, man. Yeah. You got to do this again. Let me yes, know. I would love Have that. a round table, something. Whatever yes. want to do, just, yeah, my, I, all my ideas are brewing. Yeah, maybe we could brew some more together. That would be awesome. 100%. Yeah. So before I let you go, um, I want you to shout out any platforms, any websites, anything you want people to know about your business, about you, so they can follow you, subscribe to you. Uh, okay. Go ahead and do that before I let you go. I'm only going to get one. I mean, okay. it's not hard to find me. Um, website kind of private right now, but you can reach me on Facebook, obviously, if you know my name, Victor E. Dugba Jr. Or you can find me on Instagram um, at Victor underscore Emerson. And I'm also on Twitter talking crap. <laughs> at victor underscore emerson so you can find me on there okay i gotta follow you on twitter i gotta do better on twitter for sure Twitter. i mean twitter's twitter man twitter yeah. is not what it used to be man I, i've oh. contemplated breaking up with twitter mad times, but i've been on it for like 12 years so it's like it's a heartbreak yeah i've never even gotten into it i'm still you're not missing much yeah i'm learning all the new platform it's it's hard to keep track with all the platforms. Like LinkedIn is something that I definitely yeah, LinkedIn. get more time to. Yeah, uh, but there's yeah, so many now. It's like tough to, I have- You a, be on, you think, be on TikTok? Um, rarely, rarely. I think I I've just like 10 videos ever, but it's yeah. so fast paced. Like it's just so quick. Even when I watch the videos, I'm like, golly. I like yeah. to watch like recipes, but even then I'm like, you're moving too fast. Like, moving too fast. Yeah. I, I like more like YouTube, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Reels are, are, I'm not a good, I'm not a big like content receiver. Like I have to like always put a limit on that because it's so much information. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and the S5 learned just kind of, I have my, my um, car stuff I listen to on YouTube and I have to still actually watch. Yeah. And then I have music I listen to on there. So it's a lot of different things. Yeah, it is. It, there's content all over now. It's like a, in, it's like a, that's all that we're doing now is like being drowned by content all around. Period. All so day. So much. Yeah, listen. Filter. Way yeah. too much content. Exactly. Filtering is crucial. That's also a boundary. <laughs> <laughs> listen, all this stuff, the stuff you weren't taught, man. Boundaries, filters. It, it, these are words people need to develop and use. And, yeah. and also, and also be careful with too. Like some people overuse boundary. Yeah, because they don't want to be 
be accountable for nothing. That's enough. So it's it's it's, it's different stuff, but just use it pot like use it in a positive way, you know. Right, right. Well, this was so great. Thank you again so much. And we'll definitely you. stay in touch and stay communicative. I would love that. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Bye.